cosmopolitan grouping of disparate races drawn together from within the Soviet Union. Vlad was Mongolian, and he spoke no Russian. And because none of the Russians spoke Mongolian, all communications were handled by sign language. Some of the units had interpreters, but not this one. Vlad had the flamethrower, as he was least likely accidentally to harm anyone in his own unit with it. It was used when and if and only when and if Captain Yazov gave the signal. That much at least Vlad and his comrades understood between them. The burst of oily flame engulfed the door, pummeling it with a smoky fist. When Vlad stepped aside, the doorway was a blackened hole in the wall. The smoke cleared to reveal a flight of concrete steps leading down into darkness. Yazov had a torch, shining it along the juddering barrel of his rifle as he led the way. He stopped so abruptly at the bottom of the steps that Ilya almost cannoned into him. Then slowly, carefully, incredulously, they stepped forward into the room. Yazov swept the torchbeam over the scene that awaited them before sharing an astonished glance with Ilya. For once, Vlad seemed to understand when Yazov shouted and gesticulated at him. He sprayed a stream of liquid fire into a corner of the basement room, igniting a pile of boxes, books, paper and other detritus. By the smoky light, Ilya stood beside his captain and gazed at the bodies. There were seven in all. Each was dressed immaculately in the uniform of a soldier of the Third Reich. Six of the corpses were lying face up in a rough circle, feet towards the centre. In the middle lay a seventh body. It seemed identical to the others, lying face up, dressed in German army uniform, except that this man wore gloves. The gloves, Ilya noted with surprise in the drifting light, were bright green. When he looked closer, he noticed other oddities. Apart from the fact that the whole scenario seemed bizarre, a gasp from Yazov beside him indicated that the captain had spotted it too. They are... Yazov turned to Ilya as if for confirmation. They are oriental, all of them. Ilya nodded. Trust Yazov to spot that before noticing the real surprise. I know, he said. To his left he was aware of Vlad stooping beside one of the bodies, his silhouette made stumpy and grotesque by the metal cylinders on his back that fed the flamethrower. His shadow flickered on the floor beside him like a malevolent imp. He looked up at Ilya, and it was apparent in his eyes that he had seen it too. His hand strayed towards the thin fragments of glass on the floor. They caught the firelight, seeming to jump and blink. The Mongolian changed his mind, pulled back his hand and straightened up. They have all taken poison, Ilya told Yazov slowly. The fire was dying now. Look at how the teeth are clenched, the lips drawn back. Yazov frowned and stared into the gloom. Suicide, Ilya said. Each and every one of them has bitten into a cyanide capsule. To make the point, he stepped forwards and ground the shards of glass into the concrete floor with the toe of his boot. But why? Yazov demanded, as if he thought Ilya might know. Why would... He paused to count them. Why would seven Chinese poison themselves? And why lie in a circle to do it? Ilya asked. He decided not to mention the gloves. Vlad was shaking his head. Not Chinese, he managed to say, his accent guttural and thick, the words strained and clumsy. You're right, 
Ilya agreed. Japanese, more like. Again, Vlad was shaking his head. When he spoke, it was a rush of words that meant nothing to Ilya. After several moments, Vlad was quiet, thoughtful. He gestured for Ilya to crouch with him beside the nearest body and pointed to the face. Not Chinese, he said again. What's the idiot trying to tell us? Yazov demanded. That they're not Chinese, Ilya said. He shrugged. Or Japanese either, I think. Vlad was nodding now. His teeth shone in the fading flicker of the firelight. He seemed pleased to have found the word in the depths of his meagre vocabulary. Tibet, he said indistinctly. Men of Tibet. There was no door to close behind them as they left the basement.